the latest news with Hampshire Chef at 8 o'clock. For Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. I am Charlie James and here is the latest news for Pembrokeshire. 68 new cases of the coronavirus and two deaths have been reported in the Heweldar region on Sunday. Six new cases in Pembrokeshire with a total of 711, nine in Keredigian, which now has a total of 380, and 53 in Carmarthenshire, bringing the county's total to 2,583. Dr Jirishankar, the incident director of the COVID-19 outbreak response at Public Health Wales, has said that they strongly advise the public to take personal responsibility for their actions and to ensure that we are all doing as much as possible to limit the transmission of coronavirus. We ask the public to observe the regulations and to limit their contact with other people as much as possible so that we all work together to bring the numbers of positive cases down. This means staying out of other people's homes, limiting the times and numbers of people that you meet, maintaining social distancing and hand hygiene, working from home if you can, and self-isolating if you show symptoms of coronavirus or are asked to do so by contact tracers. We understand that people will want to carry on with their Christmas shopping now that the fire break has ended, and so we would suggest to try to visit shops during off-peak times to always maintain social distancing and to wear a face covering if you can. Options such as click and collect or online purchasing may also be something to consider. Helpful advice and support is available via the NHS COVID-19 app, as well as providing alerts if you have been in contact with someone with coronavirus. The app will also tell you the current risk level in your area. Information about the symptoms of coronavirus is available on the Public Health Wales website or via the NHS 111 Wales Symptom Checker. A man from Moncton has been given a 12-month conditional discharge and ordered to pay £500 costs after admitting trading as a scrap metal collector without a licence. Stephen Roberts of Castle Quarry in Moncton was prosecuted under the Scrap Metal Dealers Act by Pembrokeshire County Council. It was stopped by police in possession of scrap metal in January this year. Haverford West magistrates heard on Thursday that Roberts was not previously known to the council as far as any environmental offences were concerned. Roberts, who represented himself, told the court that he was in business on his own and had not claimed any government grant money through lockdown when he could also have gone on the sick. In addition to the conditional discharge and costs, he was also ordered to pay a £22 victim surcharge. Pembrokeshire Flower Power has yielded a huge donation for a Welsh prostate cancer charity. Stuart and Liz from Langham are well known for their passion for gardening and for the past six years they have sold off plants and shrubs donating all the proceeds to charity. For 2020 the green-fingered pair picked Prostate Cymru and a record-breaking sum of £5,000 was raised. Plants were sold from an open-air stall at the front of their roadside property and customers were asked to post their payment through the house letterbox to comply with social distancing. The couple said their joint efforts certainly benefited from the increased interest in gardening whilst people were in lockdown during spring and early summer. They also acknowledged the huge support given by other gardeners in the local community who donated surplus plants in support of their fundraising efforts. I'm Charlie James and you're up to date on... (laughs) 
West Radio. Well, a very good evening. This is Pure West Radio. I'm Ben Stone. It's Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. In this final hour of the show, we get to grips with loads of different sporting topics, local and national. This evening, we are talking rugby and the impact the COVID-19 restrictions are having on local clubs. We pay tribute to Lewis Hamilton and ask whether or not he is an undervalued and underrated sportsman. And who are some of the other sports? sportsmen and women who could fall into that category and on the back of the golfing masters we want your nominations for the best golf course in the world and the best one in Pembrokeshire you can get involved hashtag pure west sport we are live right now on the pure west radio facebook page and a very good evening and let me introduce you to my three colleagues this evening well first up a man who spent last week walking up and down Bridge Street and Haverford West, telling anyone that would listen that darts isn't a sport. It's the one and only Gordon, <laughs> the, Gordon the Power Thomas. How are we? Ben, I'm all good, mate. Are you okay? Well, that video did get quite a bit of discussion on Facebook last week. 1,700 people watched it. Just to clarify, Gordon, is darts a sport? Of course it's not, mate. It's a pub <laughs> game. It's a pub game. Oh. He's still going. Next to Gordon, he covered the interna- the Indoor Cricket League uh, with the deft touch that he always does for PembrokeshireSport.co.uk. And he told me he spent the weekend watching five different sports without leaving his armchair in Trefgarn. It's Mr Bill Khan. How are you? Sure, mate, buddy. Nice to be back in action. And it is a sport. and with us as well another man who was at the indoor cricket on saturday i understand his clanrian side won one and lost one but the team manager didn't pick fraser watson to play i was the team manager ben so it's Ah. actually a very unselfish decision (laughs) so you couldn't you couldn't get in your own team fraser is that is that the problem this week we were very disappointed i orchestrated from afar ben he was afraid that i was watching Oh, we were I, all set to hear how you got on, Fraser, I, as well. I, I did have the amusement of listening to Bill try and talk people through how to score quickly in 10 sure, overs. Right. Bill used to take 10 overs to get off the mark, let alone nah, knock a big no, knock no. in that. Hey, so. <laughs> I'd score more than you any day, and you know it, mate. 10 now. overs to get his eye in, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, listen, let's let's get cracking, shall we? Because it's uh, well, time flies, as we know, on, on this show, and we've got plenty to cram in. It's six minutes past eight, and we're going to start by talking rugby um, this evening. John Evans is with us. Uh, coach at Tembi RFC. Evening to you, John. How are you? Hi, guys. Nice to meet you all. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's really good to have you with us because we want to get to grips with how the Pembrokeshire rugby scene is, is, is adapting, really, to these pretty tricky circumstances. Fraser, if I go to you first, just, just sum up the, the position at the moment for Pembrokeshire's rugby clubs. It's a stalemate, Ben, if it's one way of putting it. They've been now for several weeks, I think, John, at least in these return to training protocols, which are no contact, limited numbers, special COVID guidelines to adhere to. Um, Obviously, the English amateur season has been curtailed. They've cancelled that. There's still nothing, no confirmation yet on the WIU whether they're follow suit. But, you know, you've got to look at the big picture now. We need six weeks of mandatory training with contact before clubs are even allowed to play friendlies again. Um, 
that is still some way away so I can't see any kind of season there has been whispers and maybe John can elaborate on this now of a potential touch rugby league just to keep players involved but at the moment it's a frustrating time to clubs and obviously where they're coming in and training numbers getting a bit more scarce I can't see a season coming no, it's it's that unknown, isn't it? You mentioned we've been here for a while. I think we've had fifteen sessions. Um, we've, as a club, we've with a senior setup. We've we've gone for one session a week every, every Thursday at seven o'clock, um, and we're lucky. You know, the numbers are there. You know, we're still hitting that twenty twenty five, um, but you know, with social media and everything, you know, we don't know anything different to what to what the players know, um, and that is the unknown. You know, if you think there's the three elements missing, really, there's the, the competitive side of things, which is why we all play sport. And uh, Gordon darts is a sport. Um, <laughs> there is the um, the social side. Um, and then there's the contact. Um, you know, people are drawn to rugby because of that contact element. Um, so we are lucky in a sense that we're getting the boys on a Thursday. But, you know, that that, that contact is, is going to have to come sooner rather than later for me. Um we we have no idea when. Um, I think it's safe to say there won't be much of a season. Um, but um, you know, wishful thinking, we could maybe get a few friendlies going. Jonathan, um, Jonathan, yeah. if you don't mind me uh, butting in, darts is a sport. Um, but uh, can I just say, uh, has there been any sort of directive from the WIU at all? Obviously, with the COVID, it's very difficult to play rugby. We all know why. We don't have to explain why. Also, I want to look on the other side of the coin as well. How about the financial aspect? There's loads of money down in Tempe. I know that. But are they, are they, um, are they doing... You know, is the club open to for business? Uh, they always have done very well in the town. Yeah, but obviously... The, um... That side of it, is it doing okay? Because I can see some clubs throughout, possibly some in Pembrokeshire, they may even not be able to open their doors again. I'm, I know the WRU are giving some sort of financial package. I don't know what that entails. Perhaps you could tell us what that is as well. You know, we're obviously, you're fortunate in Tembe with, with the location of, of where the club is um, and, and the tourist um, tourism element, um, but I've said that you know Harry Bolton is club chairman. You know they, they've worked extremely hard to make sure that you know, yes, the club can be open, but it's got to be welcoming and in order to get people in there. Um, and, and they've done a fantastic job there. Mm. Um, but then you're going to get people who are turning up and they want to watch sport, for example. Mm. Um, so you know it's, it's clear that sport is a massive part of, of our lives, um, and, and ultimately we, we like to watch it, but we also want to want to play it. Um, so I, I can't comment on the finances. As, as, as far as a club is concerned there, but um, from, from the rugby point of view, you know, there, there, there's gate money that funds mm. not just yeah. senior rugby, but that filters down to, you know, we've got a thriving junior section that they are all still training once a week. Um, so there's there's grounds maintenance there and, and, and what have you. So it's, it's a knock-on effect. Um, people just think that it's that 2.30 kickoff on a Saturday afternoon. Mm. Um, but it's, it's not, you know, rugby needs to, to come back in some shape or form in order to um, please the community as a whole, I think. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Bill Kahn, you're someone who's watched rugby up and down the county for, for many years. What's your kind of, your, your reaction to, to what John's saying there about, about how Tembia are having to go about life at the moment? Um, we, we've spoken over the years and we've been to loads of rugby grounds and, and you three are all, all regulars on rugby grounds around Pembrokeshire. How does it make you feel sad to hear how, how Tembia are having to deal with it at the moment, but also 
I think there's also a positive thing as well that they are pulling together as a community club mm. to try and make sure they've got a future. I think my heart goes out to, to Jonathan and to Tenby, but also to other clubs as well. This morning I was talking to Randall Evans, Jonathan, from, yep. uh, Randall Williams, sorry, from Fishguard, and he's in exactly the same boat there. They're desperate to play. He fully accepts, like you do, you can't play rugby at the moment, full contact, it's just not safe to do so. But it's very heartening to you, and I'll sing Jonathan's praises. You've grabbed, you've gathered together a very talented group of young players and it must be worse for you in some ways because you're on the threshold of having a very good team you know it's funny i think we had last season or when can we call it last season or season before last um you know things were heading in a direction where you know we we fully expect and to compete when we get going Mm. again um so we dropped into two west and we we will be competing in division two west whenever it starts up again we're sure of that you know we've got a group of boys who are, who are ready for it um it's, it's just a case of when um we've probably lost one season um but um but ultimately we're trying to make sure that we keep that group together um i do feel there will be a loss of yeah. players in the sport mm. um you know i mentioned our chairman harry bolton now who um he's probably close to 40 who would probably have had another season or two you know, that's, if that's two, then there's one left. Mm. But as such, so, you know, there are going to be a few guys who, who probably think, you know, I'm not going to go back. Um, there's also then at the bottom end, that's 16, 17, where there seems to be a drop-off um, going into youth rugby, whether whether we lose any there as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I know as a club, we're trying our best to... Uh, to keep the numbers up. We're fortunate at the senior level. We knew it was going to be a transition year with the youth um, after after the work Richard and, and the guys did there. Um, so numbers were going to be around the 10, 15 mark for the youth. So this year has probably been of a benefit to them. Mm. I applaud, um, can I just say, Jonathan, I applaud your uh, attempts to get rugby going and I like the idea of the touch rugby. But I think, again, with that, if you've got 15 aside, that's not going to work. But if you had 10 aside in touch rugby, you've got more space people can practice their skills and not get involved in any contact so i applaud you for that and, and i think, I other think clubs are taking that on as well bill mm. yeah for me anything competitive yeah you could play seven aside across the field if tenby knew they were playing pembroke or tenby knew you were playing whitland or the pembroke were playing Pembroke, or whatever as long as people mm. knew that what to the actual guidelines were going to be and it was a competitive element to it uh, pe- people would be happy to an extent mm. um it's, it's that unknown. Um, so seven aside, ten aside, across the field, touch, ten minutes each mm. way, whatever. It, it needs to be something um, competitive because that's what we're crying out for. John, on a more positive note, if you can remember back as far as March, um, when you took over as head <laughs> it was co- a long time ago. When you took over as head coach at Tenby, you made a brave decision away. Tenby had fluctuated in the years before that. There had been seasons where boys had come in, they'd seemed to rise, but it never really had been sustained in the last five or ten years. And, and you took the... The brave plunge to go local and to go with the young boys, to stick with Tenby boys, to go with boys who were coming up for the youth. It meant it meant some difficult results. I think you'd admit that. It meant a few difficult openings. You maybe lost games you should have won th- through lack of experience, but you were beginning to turn that corner. And, and when the season was curtailed, you were looking odds on for a top half finish. If I if I remember rightly, I've got to try yeah, and remember yeah. that for to March as well. But you must have been really pleased that once you've taken that gamble. To then seeing it come to fruition and to, and to seeing an actual building process before your eyes, you know, it's, it's we knew it was going to be about a three-year journey, and, and you know, we've got to mention Gareth Thomas, who's head coach when we were in Division One West, 
Um, and, and we won the last game of the season. That was the only win of the season. But we knew throughout that season that, that w- the whole season was going to be about making sure that we go into pre-season with 15, 20 boys. Um, so we knew that was going to be the case. Um, so going into Two West, it was that rebuild. Where I'm lucky is the, the, the Green Hill link with the school mm, in Tempe yeah, that, mm, you know, great. I know all of these boys. Um, and it was a case of you know, looking at some team photos from the school and thinking, well, what is he doing now? Where's he? And so on. And, you know, we had games last year where there were 17, 18, 19 of the boys were former Green Hill students, you know, pupils from the school, so that they were Tembi through and through. But I think importantly, we knew them. So we, we, we knew what we were going to get from them um, and, and, and vice versa. Um, so head in, but that goes that's throughout the club. Um, you know, you've got um, Tembi boys, Green Hill boys, fairly young men on, on, on the committee mm. now. Um, so it's, it's been really positive. That bodes um, well like for the future, doesn't it? Oh, Absolutely does. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's so good to have that nucleus in the community. Yeah, we, there's we, no doubt about that. Yeah, you know, there's probably around the 24 to 28 age group where, where there was that gap, um, probably you know, 22 to 28. Um, where we, we had a gap where um, players had come in um, and, and those boys had, had left. You know, there was a few playing in Pembroke, um, a few went to Pembroke Dock and so on. So we wanted to attract them mm-hmm. back, but we had to give them something that they wanted to come back to um, because you can't knock those clubs because they would have been really successful. Um, so we had to build it and they were hopefully going to come I think was what we uh, we mentioned I, I think you're, you're definitely putting the, the building blocks in I think I think we're going to have to uh, come back and, and see see what happens Jonathan when when rugby does resume let me just ask Gordon Bill and Fraser and um, just based on what we've heard and and the, the sort of the, the news you get from the WRU when do you realistically think you'll be watching rugby in Pembrokeshire again chaps I think a lot is so much else in, in- UK at the moment is dependent on this vaccine. Um, mm. Hopefully, it does turn successful. I don't think we'll be watching competitive league rugby until the start of next season. And Bill and Gordon, would, would you echo that? And, yeah, and, and do you have do you have do you have worries about who, you know, how many clubs might still be in existence when we come back? Is that something we should be worried about, or actually, is it really good to hear that in somewhere like Tenby, they've got those building blocks in place for the future that hopefully we'll see them through these difficult times. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Jonathan stated uh, how close Tenby have uh, been staying together and d- during these difficult times. I know all the clubs in Pembrokeshire will be doing the same thing, just trying to keep rugby alive in this county, which mm. is very important. And I applaud Jonathan and all the Tenby staff down there for doing the work they're doing. And I applaud all the players going training when there's no yeah. sort of yeah. competitive game to look forward to. Uh, it's just important that they keep the interest going I can't see rugby happening until next September unfortunately but you know it's something to look forward to and that's that's all we can say at this moment in time I'm fairly confident you've got to praise the players there like you said Gordon I think um, you know that they have surprised us yeah Um, you know we've kind of stepped away from that traditional kind of pre-season where it's fitness based Mm -hmm. and you know, looking at technique and structure, we've gone back to just turn up at seven o'clock with your boots on and we're just going to run yeah. around for an hour. That's brilliant, um, Jonathan, brilliant. Yeah. I, I... And um, give Go them on, what Bill. they want. You know, we've, we do, we've got the um, CrossFit gym with, with Moritz in, in, that's just opened in Tenby on a Tuesday night mm-hmm. um, and that's just giving them something that it's the social side, isn't it? Um, that's just as important, yeah. Let me just go and, to Bill. 
Yeah, I'll go out on a limb and say one of the things that disturbs me, I think there'll be rugby in every club. I mean, Fraser yeah. plays for St David's, and we've talked to Richard Scriven, Fraser at Langham, and both clubs, they were the bottom sides last year, and both clubs are making every attempt to keep going, and they will, Fraser, you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, it's just hard. My, dis- my concern is that there's no real guidance for small clubs from the Welsh Rugby Union, yeah. and it's time all Jonathan wants to know is, if it's bad news, what is the bad news? Mm. So they can move mm. ahead. All I applaud his, uh, his uh, determination to be competitive. Something I, I put to clubs, Jonathan, which you might laugh at, these two laugh at me, is play a game <laughs> of football every so often against another club. <laughs> we we at do least have that's... a football in the bag. You yeah. did say that last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We I think that would be a good idea. Times. Yeah, listen... Um, Jonathan, we're going to have to leave it there for now. We've got some great messages coming in as well. Um, Let me just read this one uh, from Jamie, who says, I coach the girls in the Tembe Sharks. It's crushing the game. We had a squad of 15 to 20 under 15 girls, scrummaging, lineouts. Now we get six to eight girls, no contact, no pad work, nothing to keep them interested or or work forwards. that goes back to Bill's point, John, doesn't it? That we, we yeah, need to it's the contact, some... isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. People are attracted to the sport because of the contact, um, and I know the girls in, involved with the club and, and it, with the school have um, are thriving um, mm. because it's 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 new to them with regards to that contact sport, um, and ultimately that's been pulled away, isn't it? Well, listen. Thank you ever so much for joining mm, us yeah. on Pure oh, West Sports. Yeah. Um, thank this you, evening. Jonathan. It's a pleasure. Hey, to thank talk you, to guys. You. And Keep we will. Work. Yeah, we will definitely return to this topic in, in the, the weeks and months to come until that day comes when we get rugby back on. But it's great to hear that community spirit is alive and well at Tembe RFC. Next, we're going to have a look at Lewis Hamilton becoming the F1 champion. But do we undervalue him? And still to come before nine, we want to hear where the best place to play golf is in the world and in Pembrokeshire. And you can get involved. We're live on our Facebook page, hashtag Pure West Sport. You're listening to Pure West Radio. Join us every Friday for the 2.30 kickoff as Haverford West County take over Pure West Radio to bring you the latest news and developments direct from the Bridge Meadow. Team news, transfers, new signings and the latest changing room gossip from the Cymru Premier side. Miss the final whistle? Well, listen to the Haverford West Bluebirds podcast by visiting purewestradio.com. Our club, our county, our community. Haverford West County AFC. Patch is the Pure West Radio chosen charity of the year. Pembrokeshire Action to Combat Hardship, founded in June 2008. They cover the whole of Pembrokeshire and have two basic banks that give food, clothing, small household items, toiletries, cleaning products and a baby bank that's in Milford Haven and Pembroke Dock. And three food banks, Haverford West, Begelly and Tenby. They also help the lives of families in the festive season with their Christmas toy appeal. Last year, Patch gave toys to over 950 children. Listen every Wednesday at 5.40 to the Patch Update to find out the latest news with our chosen charity of the year here on Pure West Radio. At KO Carpets, you know quality is assured. We've been your local family-run business for over 40 years. We're widely recognised as Pembrokes' leading supplier of domestic and contract flooring. We provide full end-to-end service, free measures and estimates, free delivery and free fitting by our professional team of highly skilled fitters. Come and see us at Vine Road, Johnston, or drop us an email, sales at kocarpets.com. We're a knockout at flooring. This is Pure West Radio. Young girl. 
Puckett and the Union Gap and Young Girl on Pure West Radio. There we go, Bill, back to 1968 Yay. with that song. Happy? Yeah. yeah. I could sing Good it choice. if you like afterwards. We'll, we'll maybe pass on that. I'm, I'm quite right. busy. After. I've got I've got season four of The Crown to watch afterwards. Oh, so, uh, I, think, I think we'll move straight on to that. A very good evening if you are just joining us. It's Pure West Sport with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. A really good chat with Jonathan Evans from Tembi RFC. Um, Bill, I thought he, he had some interesting points to make. And I know the three of you in the studio are concerned and do feel sorry about the fact that rugby isn't going on in the county but didn't Jonathan speak well about just what, what Tembi are doing to keep active absolutely Fraser invited him it was a wise choice he's a very mm. um, erudite young fella first time I met him I think you were there Fraser was in the national stadium that's right when Tenby was there and he was coaching them and I yeah. was impressed straight away he's a forward thinker he's driven off the sort of negative stuff in Tenby I think yeah definitely so he's he's taken charge of that with Harry Bolton mm. who's still playing a 
character and a half. Yeah. Um, and it's well when it goes ahead, he I hope he'll get the credit he deserves for that. And he's a fan of darts, Gordon, as well. He I loves his note, darts. I did you note that. Your yeah, mind. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said Gordon the Power Thomas. That's that's his new nickname, I think. Uh, now we, we want some views on this hashtag Pure West Sport because Lewis Hamilton picked up another Formula One title this weekend. But where does he kind of rate in terms of sportsmen and women that that we love? Is he one of our all-time greats? I personally think he is. But we're going to get some views on this, and I'd like some messages on the Facebook page as well. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on Lewis Hamilton? Uh, Fraser, you think he is someone who's a bit undervalued. What's the reason for that? You know, Ben, I think it's a topic I thought about a lot, actually. And and this year, maybe, has made us all look a little differently about things, you know. And, and uh, two topics that, that come to mind are maybe relatable to, to Lewis Hamilton of the hypocrisy in society and perhaps the racial ignorance in society as well. And I hold my hand up a few years ago and have dismissed both of those arguments. But... You know, I've watched Hamilton quite closely in the coverage of Hamilton in the last couple of years. And you look at, for all his supposed personality flaws, which seem to be picked up so much, right? I look at Hamilton and I look back at other so-called, you know, Formula One greats of, of Britain. You know, and you, you talk about people like Nigel Mantle and Damon Hill, for example. And you've got to accept, right? Lewis Hamilton and stars of this era, they have a much bigger platform than guys like that. And with greater platforms comes greater scrutiny. But I look back at Nigel Mansell, one of the most difficult people in Formula One. Anyone who bothered to look into his career, it was full of conflict. You know, I won't use the word on here. Frank Williams famously called him the biggest pain in, he's ever worked with. Yeah. I look back at Damon Hill. Damon Hill gave up a drive in a Williams, a chance to win another world title for more money at Tom Walkinshaw's Arrows and never hit the heights again. You know, and those guys had flaws. And yet you mention Nigel Mansell or, or, or Damon Hill to your average Formula One nostalgic fan, and their faces light up. These mm. guys are cult heroes. You know, and again, and you look at Hamilton and you, one of the, again, his supposed downfalls, which so many media outlets have picked up on, is, is this tax exile and living abroad. And yet you have Sir Jackie Stewart, and an emphasis on the Sir and the knighted there, living in Switzerland for years. You know, and, and Jackie Stewart is a national icon. So mm. you do have to look for all Hamilton's supposed flaws and we all have them let's be honest you do have to look why others aren't looked at in the same detrimental way and i think it has exposed i mean the hatred i say hatred there's certainly a lot of dislike for hamilton out there amongst a lot of high profile figures and mm. you look at that and i think it has exposed in hypocrisy in british society and maybe it goes deeper than that as well but i think it's grossly unfair uh, i think his treatment at the hands of the media is grossly unfair um there was an article in the, in the daily telegraph a couple of years ago when he i think he became a five or a six time world champion which is one of the most pathetic you know, mm. attacks mm. I've ever read in, in British media and I think he's he goes undervalued for a lot of reasons but I think hypocrisy in society may be the main one I find it staggering that Lewis Hamilton hasn't been knighted I think if you're looking at, at sportsmen and women from the UK from Great Britain he's got to be in there he, he has got to be up there as now one of the greatest another F1 title this weekend I think I think he makes some outstanding points Fraser um, I, and I, I hold my hands up I'm, I'm not a huge F1 fan I'm a big sports fan and I know great sportsmen and women when you see one and and you cannot argue with Lewis Hamilton's record and um, Gordon Thomas did, did some of Fraser's words there did, did they resonate I mean I, I can't believe he's not been knighted what is it with Lewis Hamilton? Why why don't we love him? Why isn't he a national treasure? 
It is it is a difficult one. Fraser's pointed out all the pros and cons with uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, in my mind, he is the the greatest driver, British driver. He's proved yeah. that be, by becoming and uh, beating Michael Schumacher's uh, record. And he is a phenomenal driver, Schumacher. He was, and let's be honest, Hamilton has surpassed his record. So. He is an incredible driver. And you talking about the knighthood, I think that will come in time anyway. It's definitely going to be an outcry now. Uh, that's all that people are talking about. He hasn't been knighted. You, his driving is absolutely superb. If you would have saw it at the weekend in yeah. wet conditions, I think he was six, on, six in the podium. The rest were sliding all over the place. He kept his uh, vehicle, just car going straight as an arrow, overtaking sensibly, and in the end, he took the checkered flag to to win the world championship. It was a well, probably his best drive, I would say, uh, you know, as a, a Formula One. I'm not a big Formula One fan, but watching him drive on Sunday, he was absolutely superb. Mm. Bill, I know you watched the the F1, mm. didn't you, this weekend? You, you told me yesterday. Mm. Where, where do you stand with, with Lewis? Um, <sighs> wh why do you think he isn't someone that maybe has the same reaction from people, as Fraser said, as the likes of Damon Hill and, and Nigel Mansell? Why is that? And what can we do about it? Fraser's right, a good list of a couple of other um, ex-champions who weren't the character that he is. He's a very strong character. Piers Morgan was saying on the radio this morning, on the television this morning, that he's got the strongest grip uh, Piers Morgan had ever held and a handshake. That's because he's so fit. He's so strong physically and mentally. To pick up a point Fraser was saying, he's right. People always throw at me if I say he's great. Ah, he's shoved off and uh, he didn't pay his tax. He's in the top 5,000 people who pay tax in this country mm. now, despite the fact that he's living abroad. He pays his way to this um, country. Gordon's right. I mean, you look at that driving on the weekend. It was incredible. Fraser saw it as well. The conditions were dire. But none of the others can cope with him. And apparently a couple of them went up after and just said, you are the top man ever. Yeah. Uh, I take issue slightly with Gordon. He's, he's equal Schumacher's record. He's beaten Schumacher's record wins. of number of wins. He's equal mm. Schumacher's uh, But I got no doubts, Gordon, no, that he'll beat that next on, year. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, you, I get thrown up this thing as well when I try to praise him. Ah, oh, well, he's the best. He got the best car. Now, that's like saying uh, Ryan Giggs got 12 or 13 um, league wins with um, Man Manchester United. United. Uh, give me a chance. I'm 73. <laughs> and, um, so you know, would he, have, would he have done all that that he's done if he was playing for Norwich or Southampton? He wouldn't. They, they gravitate towards the best. But if you said to me, is he the, the most likable personality? I'd have to say no. Does uh, he need to be? No, he doesn't. No, no, no he no, doesn't. No. no, he doesn't. And I would totally support in him being made a, a, a knight. When you look at, like, I thought, I think the world still do have Alistair Cook. But he got knighted for leading uh, England to victory in an Ashes series over Australia. Um, you know, Mo Farrow got it for four. Uh, Bradley Wiggins, both of those have been shrouded in controversy since. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there's nothing you can say. He, he, do you know, little things infuriate me. Like, when, he, when he's on the podium... And they're playing the national anthem. He's there, he's primping his hair, he's waving to people in the crowd, he's looking like this. And I just think, for God's sake, just stand still and show respect for the national anthem. But that's stupid, isn't it? That's him. And in the end, he is a great, great driver. If you said to me, is he the best British sportsman ever? No chance. Because you can't compare him to Daley Thompson or anyone else who plays a, a sport on their own and has shown in Lennox Lewis, people like that. 
he's not the greatest sportsman, but I think he's miles ahead now as the best Formula He'd be winner. in the mix. And what you say about the best car out there, Bill, as well, I thought that point mm. was rammed home more than ever. So yesterday, he's in the same car and pretty much the same engine as Valtteri Bottas. Yes. Supposedly an immensely talented driver yeah. who's over 100 points behind him and got lapped by him yesterday. So <laughs> if, 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 if he is in the best car, it's not a great advert for Valtteri Bottas, either, no. is it? You know, if no. that's the only reason he's up there. For me, he, he has got to be in the mix for, yes, being knighted, but Sports Personality of the Year, just because of what he's achieved, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Do we, have a, do we have a tendency sometimes to undervalue our sportsmen and women? I don't know if you can think of any other examples offhand, because I, I think we're all in agreement with Lewis Hamilton. You well, know, there is something Bill, um, that means he hasn't connected, ben, but Bill, there must be others as well. Bill just mentioned Lennox Lewis. Let's be honest, he started off his career in Canada, but he was actually born in London. Uh, he had a gold medal in the Olympics for Canada. Uh, he turned professional. He then uh, came back to England and fought under the England banner. I think he had at least 42 fights. Mm. I think he only lost twice. twice Oliver yeah. McCall was one of the guys who beat him. He knocked out the great Mike Tyson yeah. in his prime. Yeah. Other people argue he wasn't, mm. but he definitely was. He, he beat Holyfield, Evander Holyfield, twice. And the guy was never knighted either. So, mm. how much mm. has he got to do to, to be mm. knighted? Mm. Mm. No, it, it's, it is really true. It is, and I, I think it's a, it's a great shame. And Fraser, your you, your opening, I thought, really did hit hit the nail on the head. What, what why do, do you think Lewis Hamilton needs to do anything to change that public image? Should he have to do anything? To, I don't think he should. I think his driving no. does the talking uh, for heaven's sake. Absolutely not. And you know, I I got no problem with him being a bit of a difficult character sometimes. He's seven-time world champion. I mean, you look about Michael Schumacher and the, the circumstances around Michael Schumacher are now particularly harrowing you know but yeah. um, again when, when you talk about him as a Formula 1 driver the instant thing anyone will talk about is one of again the greatest driver if not of the greatest of all time seven world titles and yet Schumacher was an extremely difficult selfish character himself you know and mm -hmm. <laughs> Schumacher would race in teams where he'd insist yeah, on having a driver that, that supported him is it just it being driven is, is it just of course it is of course yeah. it is you know and, and you will get that single minded successful sportsman Sometimes they do have this strange personality, you know. And Steve War, the same, you know, Steve, mm -hmm. Steve, yeah. Steve War. And it's we seem to be desperate in society now to pick up on little things to, to expand on and, and exaggerate. And mm -hmm. I'd, I'd rather be sitting here as a seven time world champion and people calling me a little bit weird than not, to be honest. So I think, no, I think it's we 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 hype up um, a lot of rubbish, and I think Lewis Hamilton's a classic case of that. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Okay, uh, we're going to take a moment and we're going to finish the show, the final part this evening. We're going to reflect on the golf from the weekend and we're going to talk about the best golf course in the world, but also the best golf course in Pembrokeshire. I've got one or two. I've got I've got two hole-in-one stories as well. One of them happened on a golf course in Pembrokeshire. Uh, crazy golf counts, right? Not from you. Uh, Not from you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, crazy golf isn't crazy a sport. Golf. It was it was Heatherton Crazy Golf Course, but I still got a hole in one on the eleventh. It's not we'll, a sport. Uh, well done, Ben. We'll, we'll take some we'll take some nominations. So hashtag Pure West Sport. Get on the Facebook page. Best golf course in the world and the best golf course in Pembrokeshire. We'll read some of those out and we'd love to get some of your views on Lewis Hamilton as well. And we'll read those out before we finish at nine o'clock on Pure West Radio. I've looked after my kids since they were born. Now they've got kids. I still want to look after them. I don't want them struggling to make decisions about my money or my health if I can't. So we made a lasting power of attorney. 
Now, if I can't speak for myself, they'll speak for me. It's a weight off for all of us, isn't it? Yes, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> Lasting power of attorney. Search your voice, your decision. Ah, enemy ahead. Fire. Oh, where? I can't see them. Right there. Fire. Oh, man, you missed again. You need to get your eyes tested. Nah, mate. I ain't got the cash for that. You're in college. You can get an eye test for free. Really? From where? I'm with Mags Optics. They're in the Riverside Arcade in Halford West. Sick. I'll check it out. Eye tests are free for children under 16 and those aged 16 to 18 who are in full-time education. Glasses up to £85 are free for students aged 18 and under with an NHS voucher. Call Paul, Tina and the team on 01437 767744 or go to magsoptics.co.uk to book an appointment. Mags Optics are the proud sponsors of The Gaming Show on Pure West Radio. Much to discover this year at Folly Farm, and with a great value annual pass, you get 12 whole months of family friendly fun. <laughs> now you only have to visit more than twice in the year to start saving. How's that for value? You can also save 15% off standard day tickets when bought in advance online. Check out www.folly-farm.co.uk for more details. Zoo, barn, fairground, play. Pick your own adventure at Folly Farm. Pure West Radio.
It's Oasis, don't look back in anger on Pure West Radio. Good evening if you are just joining us, just gone quarter to nine on Pure West Sports with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. Plenty of messages coming in on the back of our conversation about uh, Lewis Hamilton and also just a bit about some other underrated and undervalued sportsmen and women. Uh, An interesting one, a mention for Joe Calzaghe as being completely Mm. underrated. Fair shout that one, I thought, guys. Yeah. Yeah, clearly underrated. America didn't want him until it was too late, unfortunately, and um, yeah. so he never really got the the credit he deserved. Or, or the... no, exactly. It, and it, he was unbeaten as well, Ben. If yeah. I remember, he right. didn't even lose a professional fight. Fair play to him. He thought he um, did at the end. No, he didn't. No, forty-two, forty-two. If you check oh, it. Oh, out. sorry, Kozagi. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, good evening to Arian, who says uh, sports personality of the year should be Lewis Hamilton. But I think Marcus Rashford will be close and will win, in my opinion, not for his sporting achievements, but for his other really commendable work. Sports personality is about sport and Lewis has excelled this year. That's a really fair point. I think the work Marcus Rashford's done off the pitch with free school meals and that campaign is just remarkable incredible um, and and he does deserve recognition as well whether that's sports personality of the year or something else I, I think Rashford is outstanding and a good point and also Clive says Hamilton is not very personable or likable so there we go it's, it takes all sorts does it? and people it's do right. have different views yeah, on Lewis Hamilton right. well, right. um, and, and, and it's great to hear them as well so hashtag pure west sports and do get involved on the Facebook page and get involved with this final one because uh, yesterday uh, Dustin jo- Dustin Johnson was the uh, Masters champion so we thought we'd talk golf courses and Augusta looked absolutely phenomenal as it always does but we thought we'd talk about the best golf courses in the world and also the best golf courses in Pembrokeshire and there's plenty of choice so uh, let, let's do our best in the world first of all Bill Kahn where you're heading well can I say first well done to Dustin jo- Johnson but I watched parts of that like Fraser we were there at the most of the day Tiger Woods was the best yesterday he had a, a, a par 3 he got a 10 Mm. with six holes to go and a lot mm. of people would have said I've oh, done that in the, in the six holes to finish he got five birdies yeah. and a par yeah. and you yeah. say what a performer you know mm. but if you yeah. said to me the best um, golf course in the world I'd have to go for Augusta when it's in the spring when you've got all those flowers and things it must be great to walk around there with golfers and see all that so uh, Augusta would be my uh, favourite course uh, mm-hmm. without any doubt really i got others I'll let the others have a, get, a go first could you nominate one in the UK, Bill, if you wanted to? Um, oh, yeah, well, I, I'm going to pinch Fraser's then, so I'll tell. We talk about that. After. <laughs> okay, so no then. Fraser say no. Don't nominate one in the UK. Okay. Gordon, what what about I'll you? Go, I'll go on uh, in the UK. St Andrews. There've been a lot of top mm. competitions there. It's a uh, really testing course, uh, and uh, there's been some superb uh, games played on uh, that particular. It's a links course. Isn't it's, it? a it's a links course. Different quality. Yeah. 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 For me, um, so I, I, I don't know if you know this, but I, I was born in Blackpool. So I was born in Lancashire and only lived there for about two or three months of my life. But I have lots of family ties with Lancashire um, and with Lytham in particular. So for me, mm. Royal Lytham St Anne's yeah. is a special golf course. Um, my uncle, course. Yeah, my, my uncle has a claim to fame that he passed away a few years ago, but he was a big golfer. Um, and he's, he's got a hole in one story and I'll just tell you it very quickly so he he, he teed off and took his drive um, unbeknown to him his ball went out of bounds so he was walking up the fairway and as he was walking up the fairway looking for his ball a dog walker picks it up and waves at him 
And Nick's nod, nodded his head and said, yes, that's my ball. So the, the dog walker threw it, landed on the green, bounced into the hole. So he had to check the rules. And the rules said he couldn't give it as a hole-in-one. It wouldn't count as a hole-in-one because he acknowledged the fact that it was his ball. Had he not acknowledged it was his ball as he was walking up the fairway and it had just been chucked in, the rules say the hole-in-one would have stood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Royal Living for me, as a, a thing that's got family ties, would, would be mine. Fraser. I mean, I, I did have a soft spot for Valderrama growing up because it's where I first got glued to the Ryder Cup back in 97, I think it was. But no, I do slightly sadistic choice, but because I just like seeing so many great players brought down to earth by it, I don't think you can beat the rough and the wind and the bunkers of Royal Troon. I've seen mm. many many a British Open there where you see people have been knocking 15, 16 under another major, just battling to stay alive, battling to stay level par. And it, I think it makes for some great viewing. So I wouldn't like to play it myself, but um, Troon I'll go for. That's good. Just before we move on to the best in Pembrokeshire, um, I, I've got great memories of the year that Wales hosted the Ryder Cup. So I'm just interested, because I did consider it, but would, would Celtic Man have fit in? I, I, I think that was a great Ryder Cup. Yeah. But, but it... Something about Celtic Manor maybe not having that soul that some venues have yeah. because of the fact yeah. that it was almost constructed for it. Would I be right there? Would I be onto something? Because that was yeah. a really good Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup was good. I went with my son-in-law to the first practice round, and it was amazing. I was standing as close for me to Fraser from Tiger Woods while he was talking. Uh, and we were talking to Rory McIlroy. He was brilliant. But there's no soul to it. Uh, we were due to go on the Saturday as well, but my stupid son-in-law got food poisoning in the morning and cried <laughs> off. And we had our pictures on the tickets, and I wasn't going to drive to Newport. I on. remember. So yeah. I blinking missed that. But uh, now it's got no soul. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, some brilliant, some brilliant golf golfing venues around the world. But in Pembrokeshire, we've got some corkers as well. So uh, let's see how they rate. Let's get some views on this as well. Hashtag Pure West Sport. Where's the best golf course in the county? Gordon Thomas. Uh, we've got a, a lot of good golf courses around here. So Milford Haven is a very good golf course. But my favourite is, because I'm a town boy, I like Halford West. I think that's uh, quite a challenging uh, course. Well, it was for me when I went round, and I'm not very good. But, uh, yeah, Halford West was uh, a challenging course. And uh, Arnoldstown is, um, you know, it, it, it's... It, it produces well it didn't produce any good golf from me but i've seen a lot of uh, players that use it enjoy that course uh, and obviously there's a lot of scenic golf courses which the other boys are going to name before i name them all i think we are lucky with with scenic golf courses there's no doubt about it bill khan have you ever completed 18 holes yes, on a pembrokeshire yes, golf course have. bill haverford west Pembroke Dock, Southampton. Going back to Troon just for a second, my lasting memory of all golf is in one of the years, many years ago, when Gene Sarazen, a former great, I was 73, and he played on the postage stamp there where he hit down, you know, from an elevated tee down, and he got a hole in one at 73 in the, in the open, and I'll never forget that. If you're talking about locals, Tenby, I suppose, have got a claim to it mm. because it's a championship course. They've had problems there, man, because some of my friends who play football and rugby reached a point there where they're dumbfounded because they did what they thought was a straight ball. They get the green and they can find their ball. And they found out in the end it was a seagull pinching the balls, thought it was eggs. <laughs> and that went on for months. And I, I'm not sure if they shot it. I hope they didn't. <laughs> but I think they trapped it and told it to shove off somewhere else. But um, great courses. The first Fraser and I and Gordon went to a wedding, Kerry Ann. 
at Kerry uh, Coleman Phillips's wedding, and I went outside there, and you look down over Newport. the first tee at Newport, and you think, wow. Mm. And I've had people from away say to me when I've been there, that's the most stunning hole they've ever seen. I agree with Gordon. Um, Milford Haven is a lovely course. It really is. There's a one one hole there. What did you say it was, Freeze? The uh, seventh. The seventh. Down over the valley. Absolutely uh, brilliant. So I'd be hard pushed. I'd have to go, I suppose, for Tenby for difficulty because it, it's a Lynx course. You play yeah, it near the sea. So it's special. The conditions. But mm. I, do, I do. I have got a very soft spot for uh, South Pems. Well, I've got that. I've got great memories of Heronsbrook pitch and putt, oh, a nine hole, that's just not outside Narbeth, just outside Narbeth. No, a pitch and putt's a full, you know, a, a full nine nine hole course. That was good. Heatherton driving range, excellent as well. Mm. Uh, some some good ones. I had a hole in one on the crazy golf at Heatherton on the eleventh. Well, why are you lot have all gone for plump for your commercial rubbish with nice warm cosy clubhouses I'm, I'm, I'm going to be unashamedly biased and go, go for a real venue with a bit of gorse bushes wind and we do have a clubhouse with toilets in and that's all we need and that's down in St David's um, yes and what's, what's it about St David's golf course Fraser? it's local to me for a start yeah. um, it's only nine holes I know it quite well but do, actually it does have a, a little unique feel about it it is the rough's rough and the, the gorse and the greens are rough too. Yeah, no, lovely greens, lovely <laughs> greens out there. I'll give you that. And um, and and if you play down there midwinter with the uh, the, the wind coming off white sands, there it, it can swirl all over the place. But no, it is it is a lovely little course, and it's also we got a bit of royalty there as well. Uh, football royalty, Simon Davis and Ian Walsh, both regulars, so yeah. can't be too bad. I played. I played in Canada. Ben, my cousin took me to a course in Canada and uh, I was outside the club o- clubhouse and um, I had the drive in, in my hand and he said, well, off you go then, drive down the, fa- down the fairway. So I had a sweet drive right down the fairway. I looked round and the head of the club had come off. I was definitely <laughs> set up. I was definitely set up by him. Yeah. And Gordon, I think we are. Go on, Bill. Oh, Gordon and I once went to, um, what's it called? Look where Caddies is. Oh yeah. In yeah. in Rose in Frey Stro- Stro- Yeah. Yeah. Uh for some driving range practice. We were actually interviewing That's someone right. there for yeah. an article. So you went to Caddy's Cafe, boys. Oh that we had a breakfast too, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had yeah. a big yeah. breakfast. Yeah. Full English. <laughs> but I hate to admit it. I thought I would I could handle that sport, but Gordon was out driving me by about fifty yards at when I was at my best. And I <laughs> vowed then I'm never, ever going to take him on in any sport again. So that wasn't a happy experience, I can tell you that. Yeah, that was so, a good day, Bill. I yeah, enjoyed I the know. breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best golfer in the studio then, right now? Mr Watson, I would say. Yeah, yeah I don't play as frequently. Funny enough, it's one of the yeah. things I got back into a little bit during lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. But there's nothing else to do without, no, for one of But you know, that's just a serious argument to, to have from that. There are a lot of um, football and rugby clubs. We're going to this another day. A little bit worried that so many youngsters did get into golf yeah. uh, during lockdown in Wales and England. Mm-hmm. You could perfectly understand why. So the golf, the golf industry is maybe one of the few sporting industries that did it's, well out of that. Had a positive side yeah. to it, isn't it? You know. Social yeah. distancing, I could only hit it two yards. <laughs> Gordon used to sneak up at Darford West and wait till it was nearly dark or very early in the morning so he wouldn't have to pay green fees because he's a Prendergast boy. So. I, can't, I, I say, can't say I ever did that, Phil. <laughs> Not I on love, air. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> I love the drama of the Masters, but I, I think for a one-off sporting event, the Ryder yeah. Cup, oh, absolutely. It, it's got to be in there, hasn't it? It's, mm. Just for, for the drama of the Ryder Cup, and yeah. it, it's always so fiercely fought, and it, it's the one time where 
golfers who, who are usually doing this individual sport yeah. play as a team yeah. and they love that don't they you can I, see yeah. they love that it's noticeable it's been the one major golf tournament which they're not looking to get back on without fans um, yeah. for obvious yeah. reasons as well so yeah no I'd, didn't that tournament used to just to be England against yeah, uh, yeah. USA so to level it up they brought in the rest of Europe and it's made it a superb competition <laughs> oh, yeah. now but it's, really it's phenomenal really how strong Europe are though in, in the Ryder Cup and we, this is probably a discussion that we've, we've started too late but when, when you see the US players in the Masters you think they, they, they should actually be better than us but we really over overachieve and you get some yeah. of the European guys who actually seem more suited to the team format than the individual format Ian, Ian Poulter is a classic Poulter, yeah. he's never won a big competition no. but put him in that and he's a, a man amongst men yeah. Yeah. Montgomery was the same yeah. no yeah. majors one of the no. greatest Ryder Cup players of all time yeah. phenomenal captain as well yeah. Okay, uh, some great answers there guys I really appreciate that and, and if you want to get involved the videos stay on the Facebook page so keep those comments coming we love to to read them when we finish the show as well so uh, do comment on that the, the best golf club in Pembrokeshire and the best golf club in the world but some some really interesting choices and I think we'll have to do a golf day at some point Bill maybe we could tempt you out of retirement but Heatherton didn't come <laughs> <laughs> I'd definitely take you all on the 11th I'd say that, that yeah. one that, there's a pirate ship involved with that one I think my but. best shot is always on the 19th yeah well, I'm just worried that I was at a wedding with all three of you and I've got absolutely no memory of it, to be honest. That, that, I was at that one at Newport Golf Course mm, as well. That must have been in the 19th then. <laughs> was, was Bill at the bar? I'm not sure. Ah, uh, no, I don't drink, do I? I was watching the scenery and writing a bit of poetry. As you Absolutely. do, as I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, do keep those comments coming. We'll read them all and we'll be back again next week. I'll be here on Saturday morning from 8 with Bill Gordon and Fraser. No doubt taking part in that show. We'll talk rugby and we'll look at some of the local fixtures as well that are going on. And we'll do this show again next Monday between 8 and 9 o'clock on Pure West Radio with G&G Builders. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. Uh, chaps, I've thoroughly enjoyed your